We talk about the Kings offseason and more with former LA Kings player and current broadcaster Daryl Evans on this episode of Locked on LA Kings. You are Locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked on LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, and we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you're enjoying this content. My name is Eddie Garcia. I have worked in sports media for the past 30 years, 20-plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network, also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show. That's been putting out content for the past 16 years, and of course, a passionate LA Kings fan for the past 30 years, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We are always excited to get a chance to talk to former LA Kings player, the man who scored the game-winning goal in the Miracle on Manchester, and longtime radio analyst and contributor to LA Kings broadcast on TV as well. His name is Daryl Evans, and uh, Daryl, always great to talk to you. Thanks for your time. Uh, how's the offseason going for you? Uh, it's going great, Eddie. Always a pleasure to speak with you as well. Uh, you know, the unfortunate thing is these off seasons are a little bit too long when you don't go deep into the playoffs. So it, it's starting to move along. Uh, right now we're in that period where probably the next two to three weeks, it's a little on the quiet side. Free agency is basically over. Uh, you know, you've got your arbitration uh, hearings and things like that. But once you get to about mid-August, things really pick up. The players start to return because the kid, the guys have their kids going to school and that. They start to have captain skates, and uh, it's good to see everybody get back. But before you know it, it'll, it'll be back around. Uh, you know, the Kings are two months away from, you know, traveling to Australia, which will be a great experience to kick off the season. Uh, yes, that certainly will be. And uh, by the way, I know people who are not watching the YouTube channel can't see it. But in honor of your appearance, I am wearing the old forum blue and gold that uh, you and your teammates wore so well back in the day. I would love to see uh, – I don't know if the, they'll ever change the colors back, but – Maybe even just the logo, the crown logo back on the uh, jerseys. I think there's a lot of Kings fans who wouldn't mind seeing that uh, that comeback at some point. Yeah, there's definitely a you know a soft spot for the you know the forum blue and gold or purple and gold, however you want to refer to it. But uh, I always enjoy seeing it. It's great to see you you know sporting the colors today. But it, it's very popular, I think, because it's so different when you go across the league. You know, you look at the colors and things like that, the color schemes, and those colors were just. You know, they're so different from everything else that is out there. And uh, I know when we wear the throwback jerseys and, uh, you know, they're, they're well received and uh, they generate a lot of a lot of interest. And uh, I know the fans really like them. Uh, we go from the old to the new. And I'm not sure if you had a chance to catch any of it out. But uh, the, the most recent thing the L.A. Kings had was their development camp where they had all their first-round picks from this draft, all their first-round picks from last draft, a lot of the young talent they've uh, drafted, uh, looking to bring into the organization, uh, took place there at El Segundo for about five or six days. Were you able to check any of that out? And uh, maybe you could just comment on what development camp's all about. Yeah, I, I was. I really look forward to doing that. I go down to the draft each year, uh, you know, get a chance to meet the kids at the Kings draft that are at the draft, uh, and then kind of, you know, welcome them when they come to you know, Los Angeles for the first time uh, for some of them. Um, unfortunately, this year we didn't have a first round pick, but you know, we had, uh, you know, a, a few picks from the second round beginning. Um, we drafted uh, five players, uh, and uh, it was good to see them all show up at development camp. Uh, it's a great introduction for these kids to come in, get introduced not only to the facility, Los Angeles itself, 
but the training staff, the equipment staff, uh, you know, all the people that you're going to be working with for, you know, a number of years within your organization, whether it's, you know, the LA King staff, the Ontario rain staff, these people are all around and it's just great to build relationships. They build trust. And that way, when they do come around to training camp, they're a lot more comfortable. You don't come in and all of a sudden everything is new. There's some familiarity, you know, exactly where you are. Uh, you feel acclimated. And uh, I think it takes the, you know, kind of that little bit of stress for the first couple of days of, of the main camp and rookie camp when it comes up in September. So it, it's a great experience. And, you know, these kids just keep looking so much younger. I know I'm getting older every year, but, you know, these kids come in. But the skill set that they have is incredible. Uh, you know, the the individual skills, the the things that they've developed over the years, you know, how fast they skate, how well they skate, uh, how hard they shoot the puck. Uh, so it's really nice to see. And, and then it's also nice to gauge the guys that have been here for, let's say, one development camp or two or three to see the way that they've progressed and how their game has developed and the separation they have between the young kids that are coming in now as 17, 18 year olds. And now that they're 19 and 20. So uh, it's it's a, it's a testament to the hard work that those guys have put in over the last couple of years. And the direction that they've taken from the development staff, uh, you know, the coaching staff that is, you know, giving things to work on when they go back and play with their respective teams. So it's been a little while since you and I spoke. Uh, the last time was at the end of the regular season. The Kings obviously made the playoffs again. Unfortunately, uh, weren't around in the playoffs as long as we had would have liked, uh, losing to the Oilers for a second straight year. And there's certainly been a lot of interesting things to comment on uh, since then. And I definitely want to get your thoughts on all of that. But I do want to ask you something that's a little more personal to you because we do know that there has been a change with the Kings broadcasts, which you obviously are directly involved in. Uh, they're going to go to a simulcast of both TV and radio. The great Nick Nixon, your partner on the radio side for many years, is taking over the play-by-play -play duties. Jim Fox is still doing his color analyst work. And I know that when the announcement was made, they said that you were going to stay a part of the broadcast as a on-air personality. Um, I wonder if they have they defined your role for the upcoming season or is that all stuff that's still kind of being developed? Is there anything you can tell us about the the changes for next season? Unfortunately, there's not a lot I can share with you right now. Uh, I think they're working out all the logistics, uh, you know, on the backside. Uh, but I trust that, you know, they'll get things figured out. I'm excited about it. Uh, I think it's got some great potential. You know, Nick, who obviously all the years that he's, you know, the experience that he has with the Kings and uh, the stories that he can tell on air are going to be uh, so well received by, you know, by the by the fans that are, are watching and listening, uh, you know, and being able to work with Jim, uh, you know, is going to be really good. I think we, you know, the potential is really great. Uh, the three of us have been in the organization for a lot of years. We've watched a lot of Kings hockey, shared a lot of experiences together. And I think there's some great stories to be told, uh, you know, when the time allows it on the air. But I'm excited. Uh, I'm not sure what the platform is going to look like right now, but uh, I'm looking forward to this next chapter in, in Kings broadcasting. And uh, I know that it's a very interesting time. I mean, I, I work in radio broadcasting, not TV broadcasting, but uh, there's certainly a lot of uh, fluidity going on with the regional cable networks and things like that. Um, so there is certainly some change taking place and everybody has to kind of adjust to it, but I, I don't know that you have any insight as to maybe how Kings fans are going to be able to watch the games at all next year. Any ideas on that? No, nothing, nothing has been said yet. Uh, again, you know, I trust the people that, you know, are working out those logistics that, uh, you know, they'll do their due diligence from now till, you know, that, that time comes when they, when they do make an announcement, but they'll look, uh, try to find out what's going to be best for the hockey club, uh, right now in the present. 
and as we move forward, uh, you know, I think it's a continually changing landscape. And uh, I know that our group, uh, you know, the people that we have in, in place, uh, they'll seek out what's going to be best. And at the end of the day, we want to make it what's going to be best for our fans as well. Uh, you know, there's definitely, uh, you know, a fan base that's been watching us for a number of years uh, or listening to us for a number of years on the radio or TV one way or the other. And we want to make sure that they're still going to be able to watch and listen, uh, you know, easily and uh, be able to get all the games. And uh, hopefully we can uh, deliver that and that uh, Nick, Jim and myself, uh, that we can, uh, you know, broadcast the, you know, the Kings next Stanley Cup as a trio. Well, that would be, we can't wait to uh, to have that happen again for sure. Uh, now, I know that you're a bit known for your uh, very, uh, um, how should I say, uh, interesting suits that you wear on occasion uh, <laughs> when people do get to see you on the TV side. I know uh, your rainbow-colored uh, suit on Pride Night was one of the all-timers. That was something else. <laughs> uh, when did you start doing that? And and I assume you have someone that kind of helps you out with those uh, exotic looks that you have sometimes? Yeah, you know, I think it goes back to, you know, growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. And I remember when uh, my first suit was bought, you know, my mom and dad bought me my first suit. And uh, it was a three-piece suit. And I, I just loved it. I did, you know, I loved the look. And my grandmother had given me a pocket watch uh, when I was young. And it was something that I could sport in the suit. And I just liked the look. I just thought that, uh, you know, especially, you know, when you're going to a game and, you know, when, you know, eventually became a professional that, that's the way you should look. Uh, you know, you should get dressed. Uh, of course, I wasn't wearing the, you know, the fancier, louder type of suits back then. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, as I you know started to purchase my own suits and things like that, I, I like I like things that are a little bit alive, uh, you know, and, and the ones that got a little bit of shine, the material and that mm -hmm. type of thing. So I think, um, you know, some of the things that, uh, you know, the cloths that I, that I select are, you know, they kind of speak a little bit as to, you know, who I am a little bit. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a colorful type of guy. It's like it's, uh, you know, I've got a lot of energy. And I think sometimes the suits that I wear, especially the ones around the holidays and that, uh, you know, they kind of they, they drive that message. So uh, I enjoy, you know, going out. Uh, I've got a young lady that used to work on uh, the L.A. Kings ice crew, and she's now a uh, suit designer. She's got her own suit company. And uh, it's called Gentleman's Jersey, and uh, she's the one who puts my suits together now. And uh, you know, we're at the we're at the stage now where we go shopping together. I go down to, uh, you know, the uh, fashion district, and you know, go to the uh, clo uh, cloth stores, and and uh, it, it's a, it's a great experience going in there. But some of the materials that are out there, it's incredible. I mean, I, I wish I could wear two or three different ones a day, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the budget doesn't allow that. But uh, but it, I, I do have a lot of fun with it. I think, uh, you know, the suits uh, kind of express a little bit who I am. For sure. Uh, we're going to have more with LA Kings broadcaster Dell Evans in a moment. Certainly going to ask him about the big addition so far this offseason, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and more. We'll do that in just a second here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. But before we do that, I want to let you know about our friends over at FanDuel. Take your first swings in betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet about back. Uh, the bonus bet up to $200. Just uh, make a $20 bet and you can land $200 in a bonus bet. Win or lose, that's $200 you can spend betting on everything from the money line to over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run of the game. All on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid 
instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, we're back with former L.A. King Daryl Evans. And, uh, Daryl, the Kings made some big moves this offseason. One of them may be a little bit unexpected. Uh, big trade to bring in a big center, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Uh, and I uh, wanted to get your your general th- thoughts and comments on that move. Well, I think it was a great move for the Kings. You know, for two consecutive years, they've matched up against the Edmonton Oilers in the playoffs. And, you know, we saw the changes that Edmonton made from the first time that they met two years ago to this past season. The depth that they added, you know, bringing Bukestad in, putting them up the middle of the ice that uh, give them a lot of depth in that regard. So I think the Kings, um, as they did the year before when, you know, the end of the season came about, they assessed what they had, uh, took a look at the potential of the guys that are coming up and uh, acted accordingly. And they were very aggressive in doing so when they went out two years ago and acquired Kevin Fiala. And then this year with uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, you know, they addressed a, an area where they felt they needed some, you know, some more help, especially last year when Byfield moved over to the wing, being that he wasn't going to play up the middle of the ice. Uh, you know, they wanted to make sure that they, you know, they, they secured that position. So bringing in uh, Dubois, I think, has answered a lot of questions, uh, gives him size. You know, he comes in, you know, just turned 25 years old. Uh, there's all kinds of potential there. They've got him locked up long term. And, uh, you know, you look at the the structure and the discipline that the Kings have up the middle of the ice. And I know when I talked to NHL radio after the deal was made that they felt that the Kings were the strongest one, two, three punch up the middle of the ice. And, you know, I I had to agree with them. I don't think anybody can put three out there uh, like the Kings can. So they got size. uh, They've got responsible 200 foot players and they can create offense from those positions. Uh, He's going to help out in a lot of ways. It'll help ease a little bit of maybe the workload on Kopitar, who continues to keep performing at you know at, at an unbelievable level at his age, and especially not even the age more so, but the, the wear and tear, the games that he's played, how healthy he's been throughout his career, uh, the long runs into the playoffs. He's got a lot of miles on him, yet still plays at, at such a high level. So that should help him out, give him a little bit more energy towards the end of the year when the team's you know when the team uh, gets ready for postseason play. Um, and I think you, you, you look at the lines that, you know, the way they finished off last year with Byfield playing with Kopitar and Kempe and then, you know, the uh, Dano line with Trevor Moore and Arvidsson. Well, up the middle now, now you look at, now you've got Dubois and let's just say you put he and Fiala together right off the bat. And then the potential of maybe a Kaliev or, you know, whoever else, Trevor Lewis or whoever else is going to play on that side. You know, the uh, there's not a lot of drop off on any of those lines. Any of those lines can can take you apart. So the Kings are deep now. I think they line up well against everybody. Uh, I think he'll help on the on the penalty kill side of things as well. Another another centerman that can go in there and be an efficient in the face off circle. Again, the size, the long reach, uh, the, the area that he covers on the ice. So uh, the Kings are excited. Uh, and I know when I was at the draft a, a couple of weeks ago, you know, the opposition uh, once that deal was made as we went through the draft, uh, they kind of looked at the Kings in a different way. You know, they they regarded that move as a big move. The Kings took a huge step in order to get to that next place, and that's to start winning playoff rounds. So 
Uh, there's a lot of work to be done ahead. Uh, you know, there's, there's no, nothing's given, uh, on paper, it looks great, but there should be no reason that it doesn't work out on the ice. Uh, had a couple of chances to talk to him since he's been in LA and he's really excited, likes his new teammates. And I think he's going to be a good fit. Well, He's obviously one of the new centers for the Kings. One of the old centers is a man you mentioned, Andre Kopitar. He gets a two-year extension this offseason, so uh, a few more years of the captain. Uh, and he's done it so well for so long, going into his 18th season. I, I can't believe it's already been so long. Uh, I guess in, in some respects, you talked about getting older. Okay. Uh, in, in some respects, yeah, it seems like it's been a long time, but in other respects, it's 18 years is a hell of a career and it's going to be a little bit longer. Uh, can you just talk a little bit about Andre Kobatar, what he's meant to the Kings and what he continues to mean to the Kings? Yeah, I think from day one, you know, when he was acquired and, you know, uh, as, uh, I think 11th overall pick when he was picked by the Kings that, you know, there was potential there, but I don't think anybody ever, you know, dreamed that it could be for such an extended period of time. Uh, he came in, he was effective right off the bat. I remember when he went in in Anaheim and went around Pronger and took the puck and scored an unbelievable goal. And I even listened back from time to time when Nick plays it on the highlights that the comment that I made that, uh, that Kopitar is going to be a special player. And that was, you know, again, a couple of weeks into when he was playing. And, you know, here he is now 18 years still, uh, you know, on the crowd in so many different ways. But the complete game that he plays, a 200-foot game, he never cheats the game. I mean, this past year, four penalty minutes for a guy mm -hmm. who's playing against the other team's top players night in and night out. You know, he's never lazy, never gets, you know, never gets himself out of a position where he's got to reach in with a stick or taking an unnecessary penalty. He always puts the team first, as his numbers show. Uh, you know, the most important for, thing for him is to go out and win Stanley Cups and to make the team a better team. And he's done that. Look what he's done with Adrian Kempe's career the last couple of years. Kempe's now a 40-goal scorer in the NHL. And uh, he's learned so much from playing with Kopitar. Quentin Byfield has learned so much from playing with Kopitar this past season, even though he was playing on the wing. His game went to a whole new level. So he is now a mentor for so many young kids. And up the middle of the ice, even guys like, you know, Dano and Dubois now, uh, they look up to him. They admire him for the type of player that he is. And, you know, you appreciate what he does when he's on the ice in practice. Uh, you know, again, he doesn't take the days off. Even when there's optional skates or or things like that, he always goes out there for a few minutes. Uh, he knows what it takes, uh, you know, to get his body and his mind prepared to play in a game. And he's very consistent with it. So uh, it's great having him around. Uh, you know, we all know it, you know, at some point that, you know, that, that, that chapter is going to come to an end, but I'm glad. And uh, I know the Kings fans are real happy that, you know, the Kings extended him for another couple of years. And uh, hopefully with the, you know, the players that have come in and the continued development of the other players, that these are going to be successful years for the Kings. And again, another chance to hoist the Stanley Cup, because uh, I think that's one of the reasons uh, in the decision that the Kings made that, you know, they're getting closer and, you uh, that's the type of guy that you want to have around. Uh, not only is he the captain of the hockey club, but the experience that he's had in winning those previous ones. You know, there's only a couple of guys left from, from those days, being he and Drew Doughty. So uh, having those guys around, uh, I think, uh, speaks volumes as to how special they are both on and off the ice. And that's where you want your young players to, you know, to learn from. And they've got two of the best in the business. Well, we're going to go from a special player in Andre Kopitar to hopefully a future special player with uh, Daryl Evans. We'll talk about Brant Clark in just a second here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day.
Do want to remind you to check out Locked On NHL. Stay up to date on everything going on around the league with debate and analysis and all the latest news around the National Hockey League. That is Locked On NHL on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. We continue with former LA Kings player Daryl Evans. And Daryl, a lot of people, including me, very excited about Brant Clark becoming a full-time LA King this season. Now he still has to earn his spot. Um, but how much do you think Kings fans should expect from Brant Clark this season? Well, I think the sky's the limit there. You know, he's one of those players uh, at a young age. He wants to be a difference maker. He's not just coming to play and you know try to make the NHL, make the LA Kings. Uh, he wants to be an impact player. He wants to play in all the critical situations. And as you would expect for young guys, you know, they may have a fault of trying to do too much out there. But again, the most important thing is the intent. The intent is for the team to do better. He's not playing on a selfish type of thing. He's doing things to make the team better. He's got a special gift in his game. He sees the game, his vision with the puck out there, the instincts that he has out there. Those are special ingredients that he has in his game that other players don't have. And for, and for the most part, you really can't teach those ingredients. So he's got a gift. And now it's just a matter of, you know, maturing and finding out, like, how we can apply that gift and have the most success with it. And that's just not winning and losing, but the impact that he can have on a game. Uh, there's going to be nights that he's going out there, and we even through development camp, you know, you see him try to do it every shift, every shift, and we know that nobody can do that. And uh, you know, you've, you've got to pick your spots, but that all just comes with the maturing and and, and growing up. And uh, he's shown a lot of growth in the last you know last couple of years since the Kings first drafted him. Uh, had an outstanding year, got a taste of playing in the NHL last year at the beginning of the year, played in the rookie tournament, and then uh, you know now he's sitting there and. All he's focused on is putting on that Kings jersey when it comes September. He wants to be part of the big team. And I think the Kings have got a great platform to him, for him to come in on. He doesn't have to come on a team, and he's got to be the difference maker in a game. He's just got to be Brant Clark. And if he if he's capable of being Brant Clark as he's been throughout his career, he's going to have himself one heck of a year. And I think he's going to find a lot of things are going to fall into place nicely for him. Uh, you know, you don't want to sit there and kind of, gauges year on how many points he gets or anything like that it's going to be the growth that he has the situations that he play in will he be on the power play right off the bat once he gets to the power play is he on the top power play what's his role on the power play is he the quarterback you know and the potential is is all there five on five he's going to make the kings a better team because he's a puck moving guy he'll get the puck out of the zone he's going to jump up and join the attack he's going to give the kings that little bit more of an injection offensively that they've been looking for and that they've added over the last couple of years. Uh, we've seen the, you know, the, the offensive output increase the Kings power play up amongst the elite last year in the NHL and should only get better this year with the additions that they've made. So um, it's, it's going to be fun to watch him, uh, you know, even though he played some games last year to, you know, start off and be a, a regular NHL player. Uh, and I think he's ready to take that step. Yeah, we're definitely excited to see what he can do this this season with the LA Kings. Now, we knew the Kings were going to need to add a goalie this offseason. Uh, they went out and brought in veteran Cam Talbot to go along with Phoenix Copley, who's back. Uh, do you think we'll see both goalies share time, or how do you think? We saw that a little bit last year at the end of the regular season with Copley and Jonas Corposalo. Um, what do you think and how it's going to work out this year with those two guys? I think, first of all, across the board, I think in the NHL, I think you need two goaltenders now. I think you're getting away from a guy being able to play 70 games like Quick did for so many years throughout his career. Uh, some of that has to do with, you know, the pace of the game, uh, the movement. 
it, goaltenders used to have to play off the inside of the faceoff dots. You know, everything outside of that, guys weren't even shooting from there. But now when you look at the players, you know, they're playing on their offsides, especially on the special teams. You've got guys that are about a foot above the goal line that are threading the needle and putting it over the goaltender's short side shoulder. I mean, these kids, the skill and uh, level of these kids, the way they shoot the puck, the technology and the science and the sticks, and, you know, just, you know, man overall getting, you know, getting stronger, more athletic, uh, it's made that position that much more tougher. So, you know, you might not face maybe as many shots some nights, but you're going post to post a lot. There's a lot of movement out there. There's a lot of traffic in front of that. The size of the players so goaltenders, you know, continuously trying to find the puck. So it's, it's a tough position. So I think you've got to have a guy that, of course, you know, everybody's going to, you know, uh, you know, take into a number one. You're probably looking at playing maybe 55-ish games, you know, something in that range. And the other guy's going to play 25, give or take a few, um, see how it all plays out. And then maybe come the end of the year, that's when you get your separation. But I don't think you're going to find teams are going to hesitate, you know, even uh, late in the season or even when it comes to postseason. You know, they, they'll have their guy, but they're also going to have another guy that they trust a lot. And I think that's going to be the situation with the Kings. They'll let it play out. You know, Cam Talbot comes in looking for a rebound, you know, rebound year. Uh, you know, we look at what Copley did last year. Uh, outstanding win-loss record. Save percentage needs to come up a little bit. But that all comes, that starts with the team. And I think a lot of it has to do with, I look for the Kings to take the next step. And what's going to be a key to that is going to be their penalty kill. Uh, they need to improve in that regard. Now you need, you know, you need the timely saves, of course, from the goaltenders. They've got to be better. But the structure of the defense now, you know, again, just you know, not knowing how they start out, but Mikey Anderson, Drew Doughty, they should start off as a pair. Gavrikov and Roy finished the season off last year as a pair. And both are capable of playing shutdown against anybody in, in the National Hockey League. So they got real solid four there. And now the third pair, you know, there's a little bit of a, you know, uh, a little bit of a wild card as how that's going to play out. England, you know, Clark, uh, you know, Jordan Spence is, you know, getting ready to take that next step as well. Uh, but he still can be sent to Ontario. Uh, but those guys are puck moving guys. So I think the Kings are going to spend less time in the defensive zone. Now the goaltenders. Of course, you want to see them make the you know the unbelievable, the highlight highlight reel type saves, but save the shots that you know you should save. And if they do that on a consistent basis, Kings are going to elevate their their the quality of their team from where they were last year. Even though last year they put up the second most points in franchise history, it's not a matter of the amount of points you put up. It's just how you're winning the games and when you're giving up those goals. So. There's more offense, but I think defense, the goaltending, I think collectively as a group, the Kings are going to be more of a puck possession team. The defense is going to do a better job at moving the puck out of their own zone. They'll spend a lot less time in the defensive zone, which will ease the burden upon the goaltender. So the goaltenders focus in, dial in. Some There's some nights they don't get a lot of shots, but uh, they got to be prepared to make the saves when those shots do come about. That is the great Daryl Evans, and we are always uh, excited when he joins us to talk L.A. Kings hockey, and the season will be here, as he said, before you know it. But, uh, Daryl, always appreciate your time. I know that uh, you know your availability uh, to Kings fans is always something that we all appreciate. Uh, you've always said yes every time I've asked you to come on this show. And, uh, again, just really appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of the offseason, and we'll before you know it, we'll see you and Nick Nixon and Daryl uh, and uh, Jim Fox on the on the new look broadcast this coming season for the LA Kings. All right, Eddie, stay healthy and well. Keep up the great work, and we'll look forward to catching you up the next time.
looking forward to it. I'm sure we'll connect again uh, once the season gets going. Thanks, Daryl. Pleasure. That was Daryl Evans. And uh, again, just always so appreciate him giving us his time. And that's going to do it for today's show. For your everydayers, those of you that listen and watch every day, well, we're coming to you uh, three days a week now for about the next month. So I want to remind you that coming up on Friday, we'll have our weekly fan feedback show. All your questions and comments about the Kings uh, will be answered. Uh, if you want to get an email in for that, the email address is lockedoneddie at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E, lockedoneddie at gmail.com. And you can always post your comments on the YouTube episodes as well. We'd love you to stay interactive with the show by following us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Locked on LA Kings. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thank you as always for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Have a great day. We'll talk to you on Friday. And as always, go Kings go.